live and, and, and ready to go, I guess. Yeah, Ball and Breakfast Club here. Um, yeah, Wayne, Pat over there. Cool, <laughs> man. So what's on the topic for today? Uh, yeah, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Uh, here there's a lot of debate that's been going on the airwaves. Uh, some, a lot of action, I think, on ESPN. And like everybody's, I see trending on Twitter all the time, especially with Curry now. And the finals again. Um, I don't know why people are bringing Duran in the past, like a like a bad ex or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess you know. What are your initial thoughts on this whole debate and kind of what's going on with this? Yeah, it's uh, you know I, I heard you know ESPN covering it for the most part uh, earlier in the week. Um, two great players, obviously you know, much different in the way that they approach the game. Uh, great scores, you know, two of the best of all time, for sure. Um, just kind of sometimes hard to compare a point guard with a power forward. But um, mm-hmm. I think the way that they framed it was, you know, legacy-wise, you know, who, who's led a better legacy, you know, in the game of basketball. And, you know, I, I think they also touched on greatness or, you know, overall talent. Um you know, who would you choose? And, uh, you know, I think the commentary was a little bit back and forth, but uh, it felt like, you know, it felt kind of like um, of the three opinions that were in the room, uh, you know, two of three were kind of on the Curry side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I, I was kind of agreeing with the Curry narrative. Um, I mean, it's it's so hard not to love, uh, you know, what he's done with his career, um, what he's done in his position. I think last episode, um, for anyone who missed it, we, you know, we went over, you know, how transcendent of a talent Curry was, you know, kind of comparative to a, a Shaq at center or maybe Michael at the small, you know, shooting guard position. But it's just, you know, for everything that he's done on the offensive side of the game from the three-point line and beyond, um, when I think about legacy and what steps men for Golden State and for the game of basketball, um, you know, from a winning perspective, I mean, really, there's not a lot of current players that have a better story than him. Um, you could argue, you know, which other player in the NBA right now, you know, if he were retired, if all of them were, you know, to retire today, who would have the best story walking out? And I think, I think Steph does have it. I mean, he's got three titles. He's going on four, all with the same club, with the same core for the most part, same coach, you know. And he's just kind of that beloved figure. And I think anybody around the league would just love to play with him. I don't think there'd be one player who'd say, you know, I don't want to play with this guy unless, you know, it was another point guard who, you know, maybe like, I don't even know, maybe Dame Lillard would want to play with him because, yeah, they'd probably get along and they'd probably compliment each other in some way. But um, I guess I'll just stop there. We can keep going. But uh, those were my initial thoughts off the bat. But uh, I'll kick it back to you. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you said. I, I think even LeBron said that, uh, you know, he, he got asked, like, if there's one player he would want to play for or play with, he he said Steph Curry, actually. So uh, apart from his son. So <laughs> I think it just goes to show the, the person that Steph Curry is. Uh, I, me- I remember when LeBron, like, went to uh, Steph Curry's, like, Davidson games, I think, and just was, like, a fan of his and, I remember Steph Curry was like talking about how uh, uh, LeBron gave him his jersey, like you know when LeBron was in the you know, already kind of a star in the league and or starting to be a star in the league and just having all the notoriety there. And 
know, Steph was very humbled about that. Like he's just such a down to earth, humbled guy. Um, you know, just really, really classy, uh, has consummate teammate, you know, was basically open to having Kevin Durant come. Cause it's like, Oh, he can come and we will, we'll be okay to like, uh, win and all that. Like, yeah, like, you know, he's not, um, some sort of person that's, that's just going to let his ego kind of drive, uh, the, that kind of decision. It's like, yeah, I want to win. So, um, I, I think it just goes to show like the type of person that he is, um, and he just so happens to be able to be like the best shooter of all time too. <laughs> so I think it's like this combination of talent. Uh, you know, he's not some seven footer or anything like that. Like he's like what six two maybe. <laughs> so and you know was always seen as a scrawny person, like the, the baby, the baby face assassin, and everything. So you know, he had a lot of things kind of going against him. Um, isn't overly gifted as an athlete obviously had you know some good genetics with uh with his dad Dell and you know being the NBA and all that but you know wasn't heavily recruited out of college came out of Davidson a smaller school um you know was playing with a bunch of like six foot nothing white guys basically in the YMCA and you know took them uh you know deep into the NCAA tournament so it's like uh how can you not like this guy uh, his humility and just him like when he lights up the the scoreboard he lights it up so um you know i am definitely a big fan of steph curry i i think he's kind of like this i want to guess this generation's like tim duncan in that you know he's played at the same team uh his whole career uh although his you know career isn't over but it seems like he's wanting to retire as a golden state warrior and all and i'm sure it's probably mutual uh but uh, you know, no ego leaves the ego at the door. So, you know, we'll be that teammate, uh, maybe even take a lesser role uh, it, with the team just for the sake for the team to be better overall. So um, I, I think that's what both of them share. And they're usually perennial winners um, going forth. So, uh, you know, talent wise, maybe definitely a little bit different in terms of their game. But I think that same mentality, that same like team first mentality uh, on top of being like the best player or one of the best players in, in the game. So um, I'm a big fan of Steph Curry overall uh, there. Um, now, as I guess how Steph Curry contrasts with maybe Kevin Durant, you know, kind of the flip side, right? Kevin Durant was number two overall drafted, you know, definitely could have been like number one, but I think, uh, yeah, the trailblazers were like, you know, we got Roy, we, you know, we need that big guy. So they went with, uh, Greg Oden, right. Which definitely, uh, <laughs> uh, one of those, uh, what, what could have been, uh, uh, there. So, but yeah, you know, highly regarded coming out of college, uh, you know, physical freak of nature, very long athletic, um, you know, has, has always had this great shot. So it's like, he's always had the talent. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I think even like during like the NBA finals, you can definitely see that whenever he does produce, I think, you know, any, any even Steph Curry fans that watched the warrior finals uh, when Durant and Steph Curry were there, it's like, yeah, how do you not go with Kevin Durant as the finals MVP um, just showed up uh, in the NBA finals a lot more so uh then Steph Curry in those instances uh you know I, I think some of the, the stats kind of show that it just outperformed shooting percentage wise points wise everything so you know uh but I think in that case like that's where the NBA finals oftentimes if you're that talent most talented player and 
you have that uh, talent just to like take yourself and you, uh, you, you just have the internal will to push you over the hump, then that certainly is where I think that, uh, you know, player like Kevin Durant, yeah, like they're going to show up in the NBA finals a little bit more so. Um, and Seth Curry really hasn't, you know, everybody brings up the finals MVP part. Uh, you know, if, if he does win a finals MVP, then it's like, okay, does that put him in the race a little bit of like ahead, ahead of Kevin Durant? Uh, in some people's circles, uh, maybe, but I mean, to me at least, you know, Steph Curry, greatest shooter of all time, uh, at least for myself right now, like, yeah, I'm still a Steph Curry uh, ahead of Kevin Durant, in my opinion, uh, in terms of legacy, uh, you know, but at the same time, this is where the, I think the distinguishment is. If I have one player I want for one game or one series, uh, I'm going to take Durant. So just because of, you know, he, he can play both defense, offense, can't, Nobody can stop him on the offensive side. So that's where I would, you know, maybe lean on Durant a little bit more so. But uh, what are your thoughts on on all that? Or, or do you have anything else to add there? Yeah, I mean, I think Curry's mature beyond his years. He's grounded. You know, I think that on the flip side, Durant, just in like mental, uh, I didn't know what you'd call it, just uh, – mental strength or maybe just, you know, the ability to be kind of self-aware. I just think that Durant has always been kind of chasing fame or chasing accolades, whereas they just kind of came to Curry and it's not mm-hmm. because, you know, ta- it, I don't think talent was the overall factor. And I just think it's like kind of like a, uh, you know, just a personal awareness thing. I think that Steph is so comfortable in his own shoes where it's like, you know, Steph and his team knocked off Kevin and their team in the NBA, you know, the Western conference finals the year before Durant joined Curry. So for me, it's like, you know, I thinking about that statement you made about picking one player in a game, you know, I, I haven't really thought about it. I mean, would it be Curry for me? Like by, by himself, maybe, maybe it's Jonas, maybe it's somebody else, but it's like, there is something about Durant and I don't want to say that like lacks, you know, clutch genes or something like that. But, uh, you know, to get swept in the first round this year to kind of miss a big shot in last year's, um, you know, playoffs to to give the Bucks the, you know, the the victory to kind of walk their way into a championship and take it all. Um, or just, you know, kind of making the decision to join a 73 and 19 the year after they knocked you out of the playoffs. It's like, for me, there is something in between the ears with Kevin that, you know, we're not going to argue the talent because literally he's a top two, top three talent in the game. Like there's no denying that. And I won't, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to poke holes in his game really. It's more, it's more like preference. Like how would I want, you know, a player to go about his career? How, how would I want a player to uh, lead my team? You know, what kind of messages does he send to other players in the team? How does he build up, you know, his teammates gets, you know, getting the most out of the guys around him. It's like, I could just imagine being in the Warriors locker room, being like the 15th guy on the bench and just being like, I know I've got at least a role here. I know that, you know, they're going to try to make me better, that they care about me, that, um, you know, I have a belonging here. And uh, I don't get that same impression if I was on a Kevin Durant team. It's like, oh, it's the Kevin and Kyrie show or it's the Kevin Kyrie Ben show or whatever else it could be, you know, and it's like, I think Kevin's, you know, worrying about banners being hung and all the, you know, (laughs) teams that he played for, you know, arenas and stuff like that, where it's like, 
I don't think Curry really gives a crap. He's like, you know, the hardware at the end of the day for our team's gonna gonna you know speak the most. But even in the same sense, like I think he gets kind of embarrassed, like when people are handing him MVP trophies or you know telling him he's the three point you know uh, made shot record holder. It was like more about him complimenting Reggie and Ray. It's like that's like the cool factor that comes off of Steph when you just hear him talk. It's like people that are as good as him don't need to you know, bark very loud. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair debate. Um, I would take either of their careers at the end of the day. I, I really would. I would love to be one of those two guys, but, uh, yeah, it, the, the Durant warriors to me, it's a hard, it's very hard for me to sit back and say, um, you know, Kevin earned those titles, uh, yeah, I hate taking stuff away from people and it's that hard fought, but it's just like, I don't know. It's kind of like giving a World Series team the free pass to take steroids the next year and everybody else is uh, facing a ban. You know, it's like, what what more, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely reminds me of Mark Wire Sosa going into a, a home run, you know, a competition that, you know, 1998, it's like, all right, we is this really fair to the game? Like, no, it's not. Is it entertaining if you're, Maybe a Warriors fan, not for anybody else. Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, that's kind of my thought on um, on that whole argument. Yeah, no, I get it for sure. And, and it's like, yeah, you know, people forget sometimes that Warriors, uh, they won a bunch of games and won a championship uh, uh, without Kevin Durant. So it's, it's not like Steph Curry uh, was this uh, kind of afterthought or anything like that or completely needed uh, Kevin Durant here. You know, it's it's definitely an, an, in and of itself its own what if. What if you know Kevin Durant said, "Yeah, hey, I mean, I, I want to stay at OKC," um, and then you know Steph Curry is like, "Okay, we're just gonna keep killing it. We'll get a you know some three and D that we can t- toss in there um, and and, and kind of move forth from that uh, rather than you know trying to get the best player, <laughs> uh, one of the best players in the world." So, um, but it's like you know. Uh, who who like who needed who more in, in that sense yeah I, I definitely think durant uh needed steph curry and the and the warriors and that culture more than the other way around and i think that's just become apparent now this season with you know the warriors and their success and and durant uh uh you know with Kyrie and the nets just uh you know getting knocked off pretty early so um you know i i think it just kind of goes to show kind of the culture that you build with a player like Steph Curry, uh, as opposed to someone that you know, has just kind of been bouncing around, kind of a mercenary in their own rights of like, what's the best situation I can go to or create for myself? Um, you know, it definitely was like, okay, uh, what's good at that 73 champion, uh, potentially championship team over there rather than trying to fight through it. And, you know, I, I it, it is one of those things like, do you, knock on a player for chasing that ring a little bit like like LeBron kind of did you know we can certainly talk about that maybe in the next podcast about LeBron versus Michael but it's like you know Michael definitely did stay uh try to persevere within the Bulls um themselves uh rather than you know bouncing to another team and kind of creating their own um uh super team so um yeah with that any other thoughts with regards to Duran and Curry and kind of that whole debate um, is it pretty set set in stone, I think, between us and what we think on that? Yeah. Like, 
I guess it's like, uh, yeah, like you mentioned for those years where the Warriors last, you know, few years when they've been absolutely terrible, you know, like almost, you know, tanking level bad. It's like, because Steph got kicked in the mouth like that and had to kind of, you know, endure that and go through it and, and grow from it. It's like, those are the lessons that carried him into this year with that core and, you know, the young guys that they brought on that team. It's like, players need to go through that stuff, I think, to really like, you know, motivate themselves to be a champion and to be, you know, a leader in the truest, uh, you know, senses of the word. It's like, uh, you know, if you're constantly just jumping opportunity to opportunity, like in any profession, it's like, you're never really, you're never really like building relationships. You're never really like (laughs) having true experiences where you've, you know, been able to kind of see things from a you know, multitude of different angles with a group of guys or you know, a set of plays or you know, against certain opponents. It's like, you're, I don't know, it's like uh, you're kind of just you know, floating through life, uh, you know, maybe, maybe earning more, maybe uh, you know, being featured more for a guy like Kevin Durant. Maybe it's like he didn't like the fact that uh, probably people are like, well, you joined a team on steroids, so those – you know, guys like me would be like, you know, those two don't count. So he's got to, you know, go to Brooklyn to say, hey, I'm putting down my flag here now and I'm going to show the world that, you know, I'm going to win a bunch of titles. And it's, it sounds nice, but, you know, not everybody can pick their, you know, hand pick every single teammate. And, you know, Kyrie is something I don't wish on anybody, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that uh, it hasn't worked out yet. And, I don't necessarily like want to point a finger at Kevin, but in a lot of ways, like you kind of, you kind of bring on, you kind of bring on guys that want to do, you know, what you're doing. And I, I just don't think that's the right way to go about, you know, authentically or organically building a championship team. It's just not the recipe that I'd I'd want to sign up for if I was a player. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think one more comment with regards to like legacy um, is that, yeah, like Durant, essentially chose those two championships right like it wasn't like to your point it wasn't something that uh he persevered and and conquered you know through uh mental strength and fortitude right um kind of like you know i i think everybody goes back to like what jordan was able to do uh against like the pistons where he was kind of the the one that getting bullied right but then he oversaw he he persevered pushed through uh with regards to that and i think you know, it's kind of that human struggle that I think everybody can relate to. It's like you need it. You need to struggle in order to succeed. Right. I, I feel like people, there's more, much more satisfaction, uh, you know, going through a struggle of some sort, like whether it be, you know, running a mile or running, taking a jog and then grabbing breakfast afterwards or, you know, just doing like a simple hike or something like that or, you know, so, something like that. Right. Or, you know, even at work, if you're if you're going to you know, uh, go through some sort of project and all of a sudden it, it's a success at the end. Right. Then you, you, you and everybody else grabs a couple of beers, right. Something like that. Like, that's just, that's just kind of how that human struggle, I think is something that we can all relate to. And when you join the best team in the NBA, uh, uh you know, you, you, you definitely as, as one of the best players, you know, ever of, of our generation, it's like, yeah, that, that seems a kind of a cop out. So yeah, I think to, I guess kind of wrap things up there. It's like for us, I think there's definitely that's this whole idea that Curry 
persevere those through the years for the Warriors and then was able to establish that uh, that high or that standard for the Warriors, uh, whereas Durant kind of just tagged along for the ride. So I think for you know, I think for both of, both of us is that we just got a lot more respect, I think, for Curry. Whereas it seems like with Durant, all the talent in the world, you know, um, it, 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 I, I think it's hard for us to respect kind of what he did and, and all that. So, yeah, cool. the last the last thought I have, it's brief, but uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like when I watch, you know, old videos of Kobe or even today Shaq when they're on like the TNT set and they talk about the things you regret and the things you wish you could have, you know, hope we have mulligans on or do over again, stuff like that. I feel like when Kevin Durant retires, you know. 10, 15 years from now, he's going to be in that same room with an interview question just like that. And if I was him and I'd look back, if if the next five years don't go amazingly for him somehow, some way, it's like, there's a lot of things I would regret if I were him. Like, and, mm-hmm. you know, you think about the choices, OKC, he left, and that was a great team. You know, Golden State, great team, he left. And it's like, he's in that Brooklyn situation, which could get better. You know, you'd like mm-hmm. to think that a guy back good will make that better, but um, we'll see. I just kind of think that Curry walks away. He'll never, he'll never bat an eye. He did everything that he wanted to mm-hmm. do. And it, it doesn't matter how many championships he won. I mean, he, he's got, you know, what he has so far, you know, three and counting, but it's like, nobody's going to look at Steph like, you know, did he get six or seven or was it only four? They're going to be like, man, that guy is a legend. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I respect and, I, I think uh, I'll say like I respect keyword respect uh, like Curry more than I than I respect LeBron even so it's like mm-hmm. you know again being able to persevere go through the struggles that he did you know he had kind of glass legs right the first couple of years in the NBA and um, you know yeah got uh, got in shape and really uh, took care of his body afterwards and you know uh, became the unanimous MVP and built off of that so that on himself essentially, you know, with under armor, everything. Right. So it's like, I, I, I have a lot more respect for that than um, to be honest, like, yeah, any, anything uh, career wise, at least I, I think with regards to, you know, comparing LeBron and, and Kevin Durant uh, again, with that idea of what, a, you know, that human struggle element um, in terms of kind of how they progress in their career and persevering. So cool. Um, I think uh, moving on from like, maybe older <laughs> i don't want to say older because i think i'm i think i'm the same age as curry and, and like durant but <laughs> like, you know moving on to some of the more of the young bucks uh the up-and-comers a little bit that have uh two nba players that have played in the past two uh finals uh with uh the F- phoenix suns and, and devin booker and then also uh jason tatum and the celtics for uh this nba finals um, I think, you know, when I was thinking about this whole Durant Curry thing, I was like, well, what about some of the, the younger people The you know, is there, is there like a nice, uh, I guess, contrast, comparing contrast we could possibly, you know, talk about from some of the younger players, uh, I think, you know, both Tatum and Booker, uh, both like 25 years or younger, I think Booker is 25, Tatum 24. And it's like, both have you know made impacts, I think, on their own teams, their own franchises, uh, and in the league in general. So, um, yeah, just I guess want to open up to you, like who 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 would you take if you were kind of starting your own 
franchise, uh, you know, talk, go through your reasons why, uh, why you would choose that person. Yeah, this was a great question. I, when you first posed it, it wasn't like, I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's him for sure. It was, uh, one of those things where I had to take like a few minutes to just kind of sit back and, and really think about it because these two do match up pretty well. I mean, I don't want to say like their games are like identical, but mm-hmm. um, you know, similar positions, similar age, similar accomplishments. Um, they're both very well regarded within the league. I mean, I think both of them were all NBA first teams this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but it's uh you know, one of those situations where, you know, they're both starting to come up with their teams in terms of, uh, you know, establishing legitimacy with both franchises. And it's like, you know, if, depending on what happens with Chris Paul or, you know, Aiton after this season, it's kind of like, uh, you know, hopefully the Suns hold it all together. But uh, when I did a little bit of digging, um, what I was kind of coming to a conclusion was, was that Tatum seems to have him beat a little bit across the board. Um, things that I, I think, you know, we should care about as a, uh, you know, analyst of the game. Um, I mean, accolades aside, and I can go through them, but I, I think looking at some of the metrics, uh, you know, there's an NBA player impact ass- uh, estimate, um, you know, stat that basically looks at the box score for each individual player and just is like, it's a um, aggregation of all, you know, stats that impact the game and, and Tatum ranked eight on that list. Um, you know, Booker wasn't, wasn't on the first first 10 um there's net rating it's just kind of offensive rating minus defensive rating um essentially when this player is off the court you know how much does that impact the player it's kind of like a plus minus but uh tatum was ranked ninth on that one um and then tatum also was number four on both usage usage percentage and turnover percentage so Mm -hmm. he's contributing to the field goals and free throws um or turnovers you know, for his team on usage percentage. So it's like how much he's involved in the offense. And then to also be ranked number four for turnover percentage in terms of how many possessions versus how many turnovers you have, like to be, to be used as much as he is used and to turn the ball over it, you know, you know, to be the fourth ranked person in terms of, you know, your percentage there, just how efficient you are at holding the ball. It's like, there are things that Tatum does. I think that we probably can't see on screen that, prove that his impact, you know, is so important to his team. And, you know, just looking at what, you know, Boston's accomplished this year with, uh, you know, number one overall defense, you know, they're playing lights out right now. It's going to be, you know, a tight matchup. I know you and I are like, you know, all for the Warriors and stuff, but it's like, it truly is impressive. I mean, both these guys, you know, you line up the, you know, all NBAs, uh, looks like it's two to one Tatum, um, the all defensive team this year is pretty tight. They both got, you know, extra votes consideration wise. It's, you know, they both, um, you know, are making finals appearances here. It's like, it's close, man. I, I, you know, I could make an argument. I could try to make an argument for Booker too, but I ultimately come away with, if I was starting a team and I'm looking at both guys, I mean, even giving, you know, one less year and three extra inches to Tatum, it's like, I just want to take, I would take Tatum. Like that'd be my pick. Got it. Yeah, no, that's uh, I, I, I think you stole some of my thunder. No, for sure. I, Sorry, for me, yeah. yeah, no. Well, for me, I, I, I think for me, it comes down a little bit more on the defensive side. I, I get it that they play different positions, right? So it's it's kind of hard to compare. You know, Tatum is definitely that. 
uh, at forward, kind of a swing, but you know, he's definitely large enough, especially in modern day age. It's like, yeah, you can kind of play like that four as well. Um, you know, power forwards just don't exist really in this modern day NBA anymore. So it seems like so. Um, you know, uh, he, he is, uh, uh, yeah, just an overall better defender, um, you know, better at steals, blocks, I believe, uh, into this, according to the stats. Uh, I think he, um, what he's been able to do with, I think, with the Celtics and just kind of them being consummate winners too, like since he entered, you know, his rookie year, like they've always, I think, I think they've always made the playoffs uh, or made, made a good push on there. So, uh, compared to, I guess, when Booker kind of more so struggled, you know, when it was kind of just him until uh, CP3 came. So, um, you know, granted, the the Celtics obviously had a better team overall to surround Tatum, you know, when they had uh, Kyrie, Kemba, et cetera. So, and, and obviously Jalen Brown. Um, but, you know, it, if I were to start a franchise, I would, I would pick Jason Tatum. Uh, that being said, you know, when I was looking at, the, the stats, the data, kind of like the overall makeup of everything. Um, you know, I was actually like, oh, Devin Booker. Uh, I, I, I kind of was more surprised because the thing going in, I was like, Tatum all the way, Tatum all the way. But then, you know, comparatively, it's like, uh, he's actually not as bad of a defender as maybe I thought, uh, you know, Devin Booker. I, I don't think he's actually not as bad of a defender as maybe I would have thought originally. Um, he's definitely a, you know, much more of a playmaker than Tatum, although Tatum, Tatum's been improving it as showcased, uh, in this NBA playoffs. So, but, you know, I, I, I definitely see like, if, if, again, if I were to start a franchise, given the offensive side, the defensive side, um, you know, just Tatum's a consummate professional too. Like you hear him talk, it's like, yeah, this, this person is the, the kind of person you want to have that franchise, start a franchise with, um, you know. Uh, that being said, it's like Devin Booker, he does, he's not that bad of a guy, too. I know he's the whole Kardashian-Jenner thing or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, hey, can can knock on a guy for having a little bit of fun, too. Uh, but, yeah, I would I would pick uh, Tatum, you know, um, all, all day, though, uh, with, with that. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the guy who's not dating a celebrity, you know. <laughs> He'll probably yeah. be a little bit more focused and uh, ready to play. But, yeah. Uh, no, I think that's I think that's fair. And there are some differences in, you know, what they contribute. It seems like, you know, Tatum's probably the superior rebounder. Um, outside of maybe this season, I would say Devin is just a better pure scorer than Tatum overall. Um, they seem pretty comparable in the, you know, just in the assist category. Um, you know, defensively, it seemed like they both got boats. So it's not like, uh, you know, either one was, uh, you know, in the, in the first team or anything like that, but they were also kind of, you know, at least considered uh, around the same amount of votes. So yeah, it, it, it it's tough, man. I, and I don't even like to, I don't want to slight Booker cause I really like, you know, his game. And uh, you know, I thought he was more of a three point shooter or, you know, maybe solely just looked at as kind of a score, but when they started making the Kobe Bryant comparisons last year in the, in the finals run, I was like really starting to look at him a different way. Like, okay, is he, is he really like, is he more Reggie Miller? Is he really more Kobe? And uh, you can kind of tell like he he's tenacious in the sense that, you know, he's willing to kind of back down a guy and, you know, maybe uh, you shoot, um, you know, fade away two instead of just like spotting up for a three pointer and just kind of always mm-hmm. going to that, you know, that type of basket, you know, to, to that type of um, shot um, or what have you. So it's like, 
I can see there are elements of his game where he's like a real craftsman. And um, yeah, I think that'll only get better with time as he, you know, kind of continues to develop. So hopefully the Suns can just continue to hold it together, bring on some new pieces and get him, you know, get him more on TV because, you know, Mm -hmm. his first few years, we weren't even watching him. I don't think I watched one Suns game because they were just so bad. So hopefully they, you know, stay on TV. Yeah, I mean, he he what dropped seventy or whatever, and then like <laughs> I remember it was against the Celtics, I think too, and it was like, oh, but the Celtics won, so they're like, what? What's what's the big deal? Like he's this, this guy scored seventy or whatever, but we won, so what does <laughs> it all? Uh, what does it all amount to? Like, it doesn't really matter, right? Um, but I mean, in a way, that kind of showcases like Devin Booker's career in a way it's like you know uh at least didn't win that didn't win early on but you know he can get buckets um and you know I I I was listening to some other podcasts and I I think they brought this idea that it's like you know both of them kind of took took that reins from Kobe like both of them were our Kobe fans you know Tatum wore that 24 um uh uh it was funny because it's a Laker it's you know that that purple and gold Laker uh, armband uh during game seven so it's like you know both of them are are big fans of kobe so it really just i think goes to show you um kobe's impact on you know the the younger players and you know, obviously older players but obviously you know the, the younger players uh, of the nba today so and kind of that, those lasting efforts and it's like you know even me like i i was I was cheering for the Sacramento Kings back in the day uh, against the Lakers. Uh, but, you know, I think for me as a basketball fan, I just appreciate it. I think more now after the fact of Kobe's legacy. And, uh, you know, you can definitely see that both in both in, in Tatum and Booker and what they bring to the table. Both, you know, they're, they're both mid-range type of players, but obviously have a good shot and just have that tenacity and that's why yeah you were right they they both made first uh team nbas so um you know i think the the, the future of the nba is bright with those two Doncic, you know trey young john moran etc so um happy to see all of that so cool yeah um yeah so i guess you know uh transitioning more in the base to baseball a little bit i know this was a fun one. You brought it up. I mean, you messaged me. I was like, wait, did this happen? Like, I thought this this sounds like something like from the league. Uh, so, yeah, talk to me about this whole thing uh, uh, with Jock Peterson and uh, and uh, Tommy Pham. What, what happened yeah, there? Um, couldn't really believe it. Honestly, I thought the day it happened, I got an alert. I think I was actually on my fantasy you know, I'm on a Yahoo fantasy league or whatnot. So I think I was looking at the fantasy page and looking at players and I see this like not available next to fam. So I'm like, what's this? And then a little blue, you know, box of the notes. So I clicked on the note and I'm literally reading this and it's like Tommy fam has basically, you know, he plays for the Cincinnati Reds. Tommy fam he's an outfielder, good hitter, uh, has been throughout his career slapped Jock Peterson who's an outfielder for the giants um, in the face over a dispute about a fantasy football league and apparently some disrespect on the message board, you know, for the league or whatever. So I was like, <laughs> all right, there's so many different things that I want to touch on with this, but it, uh, it, it deals with a lot of different issues, but I'm kind of just like, you know, overall uh, hearing from Jack, hearing from Tommy, Tommy in front of the news press was basically like, you know, we play in a league for fantasy football. It's a $10,000 buy-in. 
Um, Jock did something illegal with one of his players where, you know, the guy was listed as, you know, out and then Jock, you know, for anybody who plays fantasy, slid him into an injury list spot, which opens up a free spot to grab an extra player to dump into your lineup. So in Tommy's brain, I guess that wasn't fair or that's not something you should be able to do in the game, which is debatable. And I think after the fact, it was found out that Tommy, like, actually did it himself too. So not making much sense, but I don't, you know, I don't want to break it all down, I guess. So that happened. And then on top of it, Jock apparently like posted it on the message board uh, when Jock was with the giants, which he still is. Tommy was on the San Diego Padres. And then there was a Los Angeles Dodgers, um, you know, uh, player in this one meme that uh, Jock Peterson shared on the message board. So it's basically the Dodgers guy and the Giants guy where Jock was, and then a Padres guy where Tommy was, and all three of the people are lifting weights or something. And, you know, the, the Padres person like can't lift their weights and like drops their weights or something like basically saying they're like really weak and all this and that. So like Tommy told the press, like that was just mad disrespectful and, you know, just kind of uh, was kind of being a hard ass, like in front of the press. And it's like, so I, you know, I went up to him and I slapped him and, uh, my, my mind just went in a lot of different places. I think the first thing is like, what was your reaction to it, Wayne? And then like, is any of this justified in your, in your mind about anything that transpired here that Tommy did or that Jack did, like who's culpable in this situation? Yeah, I know for sure. I feel like, I feel like, I, I feel like this is like where, uh, you know, women will come in and be like, this is toxic masculinity or something like that. And just like, all right, you know, you kids don't know what to do. Like, this is, this is like this whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. Like y'all, y'all are just a bunch of kids now running around and, and trying to act like adults or something like that. So um, that's, I think my overall uh, consensus of this uh that being said, it's like, you know, uh, in a way, I think I mentioned this a little bit about Chris Paul. It's like, don't hate the player, hit the game. Those are the rules, man. So they're abiding by the rules. If you want to change the rules or get on the commissioner or whatever to help, you know, push push some things forward, then you do that. But uh, like you said, uh sounded like, uh, like, you know, all the players involved kind of did it themselves. So it's like, you know, what are you, what are you complaining about exactly? You're, you're letting some other... I feel like there's some external forces or, or, or some other things that are happening in the background that we're not aware of. So uh, I, I think it's just kind of a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, like some people just need to grow up a little bit. I feel like. here. <laughs> so I, I think those are my initial thoughts uh, on all that. Um, but yeah, apparently what Mike Trout was involved. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah. Like, how how in the world is the like the best player in baseball like involved in all this? Like I don't know. It's it's so crazy how this all transpired. Yeah, I mean he was the I guess Mike Trout was the commissioner of the same fantasy football league, and Tommy was like crying foul when he saw what happened with Jock's team, and Mike didn't do anything about it. Um, yeah, when you when you mentioned the Will Smith Chris Rock thing, that's the first thing that came to my mind. It's just like <laughs> monkey see, monkey do, like. Hey, this is something that's trending, you know, uh, I don't know how it was perceived by Tommy. I mean, I'm sure he probably in this situation probably had a good laugh over Will Smith, you know, slapping Chris Rock. So it's like, I'm going to go ahead and find my you know reason to do this to somebody and, oh, I'll just pick this fantasy football, you know, 
incident to like have that come, you know, you know, into reality and I'll, you know, be, you know, front and center in the news for, you know, something that I can joke about with my boys later. It's like, I don't know, man, I didn't like it. I didn't like his reaction. I would have gave him more than three games. I personally just kind of felt bad for Jock because Jock handled it like a pro, but he was also just like, not even embarrassed. He was just kind of like, yeah, this guy is nuts, man. <laughs> like he was just like, yeah. And then he, he hit me and uh, yeah, like I didn't really get it. <laughs> like yeah. So I just, there's no place for it really. Like there's enough fighting in baseball when there's like, you know, somebody gets a brush back and it's real hokey at times, but like, yeah, this just felt really forced in terms of like an incident that required violence. And I mean, not that violence is like an answer as cliche as that sounds, but it's like, I really just, yeah, that guy needs to get like checked out because, uh, you know, I've, I've had fantasy incidents before and we can even bring up some examples. If you got some of like some funny stuff you've seen over the years, but this doesn't come close to something that would, uh, would draw any real like crying foul. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's it's one of those like you know you brought up like incidents that are happening. It's like it, it, why is it that the 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 most notable things for baseball right now is uh, what Tim Anderson and <laughs> like it's like these uh, quarrels amongst two players that are happening that have nothing really to do with baseball. In fact, it has to do with another sport or you know racism. So, so it's like, well, what's happening? Baseball is this is this is this what the best you can come up with? Not like who's the home run leader or anything like that, right? So. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of a shame, uh, kind of all these things are kind of happening in the baseball world, uh, where it's like, you know, we, we should be talking about, uh, Shohei or, you know, some of the, the pitchers that are, uh, um, throwing lights out right now or, or anything like that, or, uh, you know, who, all these hot pickups, uh, uh, from relievers, like anything like that. Right. But, uh, good God, we have to be talking about these things. Uh, that are just completely irrelevant from the game, you know, you know kind of putting a, a, a bad eye with regards to baseball and and how it's perceived uh, from you know people that uh, did have never had that type of excitement before. I think with baseball, so you know, is it going to make people want to watch baseball? I highly doubt that. I don't think people are going to watch baseball you know, <laughs> our game just to see if uh, somebody slaps somebody for you know some stupid fantasy football stuff. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a shame kind of like what's happening with that right now. And hopefully, you know, there's some more bright spots, I think. But yeah. Yeah. Do you have any good examples of uh, anything you've ever cried foul about in a fantasy league or seen from league mates? Like any anything stand out to you top of mind from your from your years of fantasy? Uh, I you know, I. Playing? I can only recall, I don't think nothing that is outrageous as this or anything on the league. Um, but I remember for some reason, uh, uh, my, my old pal, uh, Nate Tanny, um, if he's listening, uh, <laughs> I remember he really wanted like uh Ladanian Tomlinson for like peanuts, basically. I'm like, I'm not going to give you Ladanian Tomlinson cause I was the commissioner and I, I could, you know, force a trade or whatever. And he was like, oh, giving me this whole sob story about he wants a Danian Tomlinson. Uh, I've worn the number 21 my entire life on, every, on all my teams and all that. And I'm like, no, bro, you're not getting a Danian Tomlinson for, for, for peanuts or anything like that. I, I think I drafted him like first overall and all that. So 
Um, I think I eventually won that league and, you know, uh, 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 bass in the, in the realms of glory. Uh, but, you know, I, I do recall that incident happening and being like, yeah, this is, uh, I felt power. I think that was the cool thing. So <laughs> I get where my trout's coming from. I felt powerful being able to, to do and operate all that, but, um, yeah, nothing as crazy, nothing to cry home or, or fight, uh, in the middle of a game, but what about you? Yeah, I am, uh, I'm just trying to dig deep into my brain about who the actual player was. Um, I ho- really hope it comes to me while I talk about this issue, but essentially, a, a, a my cousin who, uh, you know, he actually has the, uh, unguided podcast. So we might do a collab with them, uh, at some point, so his name's Jeff Miller, but, uh, yeah, Jeff dropped a player one night and then the next morning tried to explain that he didn't mean to drop this player and that he basically asked the league to not pick up this player that he just dropped because it was an accident. And we were trying to poke holes in the logic because he was basically stating that instead of this guy, he wanted to drop this other player who I think they played two separate positions and then we were trying to think about why he might've dropped the initial player. And, you know, we were just kind of thinking of all through like all these scenarios of why he might've dropped this player. And we were kind of coming to the fact that like, although he was saying on the message board, like it was a true accident. We were like, wait, this is so strategic. Look, and we were pointing to all these reasons. So I think that's definitely one of them uh, that's, that's stand, you know, stood out. And I think every, time we see this player get drafted or picked up we all have like a good laugh on the message board about it so that was that was pretty good i was in a league once where uh somebody and my cousin my other cousin his twin brother uh paul decided to uh put a 50 dollars bet on the board about blake bortles being a top five quarterback which mm. my good buddy joey took up uh him on that offer and uh, he never paid the bet so <laughs> mm. after bortles completely you know stunk it up like most people you know expected him to i think he was like number 25 to 30 ranked quarterback for the year uh you know that bet was never paid and that's still something we bring up every draft is you know hey did you ever pay that blake bortles bet so yeah there's a lot of things that can happen in a fantasy league i think you know slanted trades if there's like a really crappy trade that gets approved or something like that like yeah i've seen that um there was one time where we didn't have a commissioner approval for a trade. So it was like league vote. Yes or no. Oh, and that's the worst thing you can do because like it would be. it's the worst thing because somebody's going to be that, you know, that silent agent in the night who's going to say no mm-hmm. to the trade. So essentially blocking two people from something we want to do. And one year we had that happen and we were trying to, you know, figure out we we're doing voting. Like, okay, who said yes. And who said no on the message board. And whoever was the last no that we needed to understand, you know, they never they never put their name out there. So it was just always this mystery. And uh, I just think like a lot of snaky stuff can happen well, in leagues where, yeah, you know, money's on the line. I, I feel like I feel like that setup without some sort of commissioner, like one central trusted person. Uh, I feel like I feel like some things can like it might actually be cooler or might be more games of thrownish in a way of like. I'm going to do some back backdoor deals and, and all like, Oh, if allow this trade to happen, if I can get your votes and then I'll, you know, give these other players cause you, you need a kicker or something like that. Right. <laughs> or something crazy like that. I, I think it could happen. Um, 
but no, I think that's part of the fun though, is just uh, being able to um, kind of wheel and deal a little bit and, uh, you know, play some people and, and have some fun like that. So, yeah. And yeah. these stories are all great. Cause like, I don't hold it against either my cousins or whatever, like we're all, <laughs> we're well past it all, but it's kind of like always something funny to just like bring up at the draft or throughout the year. Some like kind of reference it as like, you know, that time where they were, you know, maybe towing a line in terms of, uh, you know, being truthful or uh, whatever else, like yeah, just being kind of, you know, uh, a little shady or whatever, but it's pretty yeah. funny. Uh, you know, still love having him in the league and, uh, you know, fantasy is meant to be fun. And, you know, really for somebody to have a legit fight on television about a fantasy dispute and, you know, $10,000 is a lot of money, a baseball player, 10,000 may not mean as much as it might be for, you know, you, I, or somebody else, but like, you know, um, you should know your rules. You should know how the game's played. And I just, yeah, it was a complete overreaction in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think that that makes sense. Uh, it's like, isn't it supposed to be fun? <laughs> I think, uh, you know, for him, it's like, unless you're Michael Jordan, which, you know, he, he's not, he's had a decent career and all that, but he's not Michael Jordan. It's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're not at that level of, uh, or you ought not have to be taking this too seriously like that, man. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, it's a quite, I think it's a little bit of a shame of like, just kind of what is brought to the table for uh, baseball and the MLB right now. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. we need to get Tommy Pham, you know, putting his money into government bonds or you know, <laughs> mutual funds or something. That guy just he doesn't like to, you know, put his money on the line or something like that. That's yeah, nice. yeah, maybe, maybe in some crypto, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right now, maybe, yeah, uh, yeah. Low. I don't know, let's see, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I guess inflation's killing him, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably don't mess with his money. That's kind of what he said in his own words. But uh, yeah, anyways, yeah, well, all right. Yeah, I mean, good episode. I I, I love the coverage of the NBA players. And uh, I mean, yeah. that fancy story was ridiculous. Uh, really hope, you know, next week offers something, you know, just as uh, just as entertaining. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Uh, so yeah, we'll be signing off and, uh, Hey, let us know if there's uh, anything you want us to talk about, discuss, uh, you know, please like subscribe, uh, to, to any of our platforms, uh, and you know, leave some nice reviews, uh, or, you know, maybe some not so nice reviews. Just let us know uh, what you think about everything happening and, uh, yeah, uh, tune into next time. So thank you all.